Well, it's our uh, third and final segment today, and we had two choices before us. One was to try and thank everybody who we do owe some thanks to. But I figured we'd eat up the full nine minutes we have left and probably still forget some people, so we're not going to do that. I just offer, again, a collective thanks to everyone who's helped this program. I think the route we'll take in our, in our final segment here is to talk about how much fun it is to do this show. And, of course, we just started with the bumper music of the Beer Barrel Polka. Makes us want to take a clip from our memorable interview with UC Davis as professor of brewing, Dr. Charles Bamforth. The reality is the best uh, beer is usually the stuff that's nearest to the brewery. And so beer doesn't travel all that well usually. Uh, it's prone to deterioration and it stales. And uh, the, the, the freshest beer is likely to be in a can as opposed to a bottle. Uh, the problem being in a bottle that air can creep in between the, uh, the crown cork, the, the cap, and the neck of the bottle and make the beer grow progressively uh, more oxidized and cardboard-like. It takes time, and the, the best way to uh, slow it down, slow down that deterioration, is to keep the beer cold. Uh, never freeze it, just keep it cold. As regards beer uh, on tap, you know, I was asked some while ago, you know, you go into a bar, 50 beers on tap, which one do you choose? I said one in a bottle or in a can. <laughs> because, you know, if you go into a place where they've got 50 beers on tap, they're not all moving through those lines as fast as they should, should be. So uh, if you're going to go to such a place, uh, go when uh, something's just been newly tapped, or, as I do, say, uh, which, of these, the, uh, which of these beers uh, do you sell the most of? Uh, because you know that that beer is moving through the line more quickly than, uh, than others. So the, the basic belief that beer on tap is necessarily better is, as often as not, um, quite the opposite. And we've been striving since day one to make this program relevant to today's university students. And we, of course, do know that when our topic is how to make sure your beer is fresh, <laughs> we no doubt have succeeded. Another great chat we had was with author Mary Roach about her bestseller, Bonk, The Curious Coupling of Science and Sex. I also want to compliment, uh, compliment your book for your clear descriptions of, of ED. I've worked in an erectile dysfunction clinic, and, and, I, and I was shuddering to sort of review, as I read the book, that until a few years ago, quote, impotence, unquote, was really treated as a psychological and not a urological problem, which I guess is a case of insult to injury if there ever was one. Yeah, it was not really not until uh, Viagra and some of the you know when when, there, when people found that there was a, there were simple substances that could produce fairly robust erections. This is uh, something that can be treated physically. It's not um, necessarily something you need to get on the psychiatrist's couch. Uh, but on the other hand, there are cases where uh, all the equipment's working fine and there is a psychogenic component that sure. well suggest somebody should perhaps spend a little time in therapy, but um, for the most part, yeah, it was, and, and, and but yeah, there was a, for, for hundreds of years, they believed that masturbation caused impotence, and you know, what a pickle to be in, you know, you can't even go to your doctor for help because they assume, you know, oh, okay, you know what causes this. <laughs> and the final chat we'd like to cite was with author Larry Ty whose book was about the always colorful baseball legend, Satchel Paige. His last three innings in the major leagues when he pitched for Charlie Finley's Oakland A's um, in what was supposed to be just a fun night to fill the stands, Finley set him up in the bullpen with a nurse in a rocking chair. <laughs> he brought him in figuring he'd get shelled. He ended up pitching three innings of shutout ball against the Boston Red Sox. The only member of the Red Sox to get a hit was Karl Yastrzemski, 
who came in after the game and gave him a bear hug. Satchel that night set a record. 59 years, 2 months, 8 days, a record for longevity in baseball that will never be broken. His catcher that night was a full 30 years younger than him. You know, I can remember in 1965 when that happened, it made the national news. It did. It made the national news, and Satchel's response is, now they know how good, I'm, good I am, I'm going to stay in shape and be ready for the next call. <laughs> and unfortunately, he never got that next call. Well, I'm pleased to note that uh, that segment was re-aired on Capital Public Radio's Insight. I do think I should thank Jeffrey Callison for the many opportunities he gave me to participate over at CPR, and I hope that uh, someday in the future I will again. All right, for our final guest of today's program, we can think of nobody more perfect than America's foremost political comic, Mr. Will Durst. We want to say uh, welcome back to Radio Parallax, Will. Thanks, buddy. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure and an honor to be on this groundbreaking presentational show. Well, it is our privilege to be able to bring you to the uh, Greater Davis, including our state capital, Sacramento area, on a weekly basis, and we hope to continue to do that through 2012. Is that, is that what you consider Sacramento, part of the greater Davis area? Well, for, for the benefit of KDVS listeners, I'm, I'm phrasing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a good year. It's an election year, so we know we're going to get good things out of you this year. Oh, my God. They've been so prolific for me. And, of course, uh, Rick Perry just dropped out. You know, that 2% is going to be <laughs> split amongst the remaining four contenders. And I'm convinced these guys are being sponsored by planners or such a... Such a collection of mixed nuts. Well, I'm sure that uh, the Coyotes of America are, are breathing a sigh of relief with Rick out of the race now. Yeah, you know, the 53-second brain freeze, it's going to go down as the most famous moment in uh, primary debate history. And it was uh, just a, a pleasure to watch. It really was. <laughs> hey, uh, I just want to say it was, uh, it was great fun to see you up in Chico last September. I thought you and Michael Prenny did a great, uh, great, great job up there. And it's inspiring us, I think, to... Maybe recommend a similar kind of fundraiser here come April when when KDVS has to do its best to uh, to raise funds for the next year. That's a great idea. Perenni was uh, was fabulous. Uh, fortunately, he didn't have to follow the uh, you know the jokes and the quips of me. I mean, he was a serious guy, but he was also very funny. And so, uh, yeah, I'd love to come to Davis and do something. Well, we're planting the seed of that idea right now, and I hope that uh, our, our core staff and everybody else will think, hey, let, let, let's do that. I hope we do. Well, let's water it with timely material. And by April, you know, we should know who the nominee's going to be, and I'm convinced it's going to be Romney because he's got the money. Well, Will, it's always a pleasure. I know that you've taken the time to call us from Wisconsin. We appreciate that very much. And, uh, again, look forward to uh, more of your commentaries, which are always excellent. Well, thanks, buddy. Congratulations on your 500th show. Uh, I know 100 is a century, so you've hit five centuries. And uh, what is that? Do we uh, do a complete circle and go back to paper? Well, our, our, our general manager talked about hitting a 1,000 shows. I'm not sure if you got that in me, but, you know, you never know. <laughs> Shoot for it, man. All right. It's only, it's only nine more years. What the hell? <laughs> Will Durst, always a pleasure, sir. Don't, stay warm out there in Wisconsin. All right, man. Radio Parallax forever. And go Niners. Go Niners. <laughs> All right, man. Anyway, we love having Durst on on a weekly basis. He's smart. 
he makes you think, and he's able to use humor to like bring in some pretty powerful ideas that uh, maybe otherwise wouldn't get their foot in the door. What he does is something we've likened this show to trying to do, which we aspire to do, which is to basically present a Trojan horse, something that looks good on the outside. You can bring it in inside the gates, and then uh, you find that inside of it, well, there's, there's men armed with swords. Or for Gary Larson fans, we, uh, we cite the cartoon where the, uh, the sentry's looking off the castle wall saying, Hey, open the gate. It's a big wiener dog. That about does it. Thanks to everybody. In particular, thanks to Mr. Edward McMillan for his fine editing, dating back now over a decade. Thank you, sir. We promised you a, a bio from Mr. McMillan, the mysterious Mr. McMillan on our website, and we plan to deliver. It may even, may even be truthful. We want to follow up today's program and especially strong show next week, and we have one in the can, fortunately. That would be Bob Berman of Astronomy Magazine. We recorded a wonderful chat with him last week about his new book, The Sun's Heartbeat. Tune in next week for that. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Always, we welcome all of your comments and feedback. Don't be stingy. Drop us a line at info at radioparallax.com. And doggone it, we'll see you next week at the same time.